What is up, everyone? Welcome to The OG. I am joined by Kyle Bunch, one of my co-founders way back when of Blogs with Balls, and the other co-founder, Chris Lucas. I am Dom Povia. We're here to talk a little bit about the really the evolution of sports media and sports digital. And uh, throughout the course of this series that we're going to do, it's almost like a, a retrospect slash where are they now of these people that were really pioneers in the digital sports space, whether it be writing or journalism or podcasting. We were just joking that we, we were podcasting long before anyone else, but um, way back, back when it was called Blogs with Balls. And uh, I think for really after the first year, we were looking to shake that name and we we're never really able to do that until about 10 years later. So here we are part of the outside game, which is really just Blogs with Balls with a real name, if you will. But um, Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you guys again. I said it's been a while since we've all we've all jumped on together here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> God, yeah. I've talked to you guys individually, but but good to have the band back together in one place. I'm absolutely convinced the last time we all saw each other was at the end of some sort of late night South by Southwest party. And we're like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, okay, I'll see you. And now it is like, you know, five years later. Chris always found a way to sneak yeah. off with those things and, uh, and and really find the good stuff that none of us were ever privy to. I don't know how you manage that. Um, but, you know, speaking of way back when, um, you know, Kyle, Chris and I were doing a blog called Hugging Harold Reynolds. Uh, we were anonymous back then, like most of the blogosphere back then. And I'm using that term blogosphere uh, purposely. And, you know, Kyle was working with AOL fan house back in the day. And Kyle and I hooked up, we had known each other online. We'd done a couple things together. One of the first ones we did this focus group for ESPN when they were really trying to shift over into a new digital focus platform. And I remember they had things like true hoop and they had their sort of NFL networks divided up and really trying to dip their toe into it. But that was one of the first times that Kyle and I got together in person. And uh, I think it was a little eye opening for us. Yeah, that was, I remember you and I were the two blog, new media, whatever you would call it around that time, people in the room and you had sports agents and maybe like a New York Times, I feel like it was like a New York Times kayaking writer. She, has, she was definitely had some sort of niche beat, but but had a prestigious New York Times gig. And I definitely, I think at the time that, that sort of feeling that was pervasive around blogging, I think in general, this sort of like yeah, put those guys in the corner. Like, I get it. You have to have them in the room because this is a, a fad. But you know, we're not taking this seriously at all. It's you know, it's it's you know, but, prestige but we were, publications will drive sport. Right. We were the ones that kept like bringing up questions and things like that, and I don't think they wanted to hear those <laughs> questions from us. But you know, Kyle again was with with AOL and and certainly has a long lineage from there. Uh, just guys that have come out of that, girls that have come out of that. But Chris, you and I were were doing a nice little blog spot blog, uh, hugging Harold Reynolds. Uh, when I kind of came to you with this sort of notion of of community, well, really, Kyle and I got together and we'll talk about something else. We're kind of really set off, um, you know, blogs with balls. But Chris, like as just like an independent guy, you and I just doing these things on the side. Um, you know, what was your impression of those like really early days and really that idea of, hey, we can probably be something bigger than we are? Well, I think it the the leveling of the playing field around distribution or the possibility of the of a level playing field, like one website was could or was just as good as another, right? So NBC Sports and Hugging Harold Reynolds took up the same amount of real estate. So you actually had to have 
good, interesting things that people would want to read or react to. And just because you're huge doesn't mean that you're providing that. And so with, you know, email was big, all that stuff. So there were easy ways to talk about things, um, uh, whether it's website or, or whatever. So I think we really benefited from that. And there's something about writing for your own thing that gives you more, uh, I don't know, that just makes you want to try harder versus like, oh, I'm doing this for NBC's agenda. And I don't mean to hit on NBC. I'm just using it as a, a placeholder. But something about, yeah, supporting your the thing that you're trying to make, it just gives you an extra edge in terms of uh, the kind of work and love and um, effort you're going to put into it versus doing it for someone else's agenda. And I think that's kind of always been a through line sort of for my entire career. Uh, but particularly when it comes, when it came to sort of independent writing in the sports world, the people who were funniest, the people who um, had something unique and interesting to say, who were sort of on the fringes, they weren't safe for someone for a big corporate hire, but they could still make their own thing. And that was really cool. Yeah. And I think there was this underlying culture and Kyle, this brings us back to RaffleCon. So Kyle invited me to this meme convention, if you will, before memes was even a, a word. And something that we realized was that sports was almost as much as, as it was ahead of the curve. It was also sort of behind the curve, I think, in formalizing when it came to really internet culture. So Kyle, t t take us back to uh, Tron guy. So yeah, so RaffleCon was this, this, I won't do it justice, but, you know, annual gathering of kind of all the misfits and, and, you know, random corners of the internet. And these were in the days where these people were probably mostly known through email forwards. Twitter was just getting going because I do remember one of the guys there had put his cat on Twitter. And I think that he was like one of the 50 most popular accounts on Twitter at this point, which is like, you know, a year into Twitter's existence or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was this sort of celebration of all of those, all of those early memes that you would, would send around. I just, you know, I talked Don into going after we had met and it was like, oh yeah, you should do, you know, we're, we're both in this blog world. Let's go. And I just remember the two of us sitting in the back, definitely people in costumes and cosplay. Yeah. You had, a, then, you had a, you had a USC hat on and I think I had a Phillies hat on. Yeah. And, yeah. We're the two yeah. like sport dudes in a room full of just complete misfits and definitely, you know, I'm uh, not to you know, judge everybody, but I'm guessing we were the big sports fans in the room. We'll just say that as far as looking at a rehouse and then kind of look over and was the Tron guy, was he like changing out of his sweatshirt or something like revealing he had this like Tron outfit on? It was something where it was very I, close to us. I, I think remember. we went to the bathroom and he was getting in into a uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> I think we caught him in the bathroom. This is what happened. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think when I came back, I think we ended up leaving a little bit early Kyle and I grabbed lunch and we we're trying to think of like what exists like this in the sports space. And we knew the culture existed because we're in these email chains. We're in these like distribution groups, right? Back before you can, you know, these, these Instagram people would have these little groups and they'd all share their stuff. I mean, we would do that via email and just try to get different links and link thumbs and stuff. So we knew it was out there, but there was no, nobody really getting together. Nobody knew who each other was. Everything was again, very anonymous. Most of us had different jobs um and really didn't want to get out in front of it um you know i remember when i did look around and we started saying all right well what kind of yeah i guess we'd call it marketing back then what kind of sports marketing things were going on is very limited to i think uh kyle used to say the five fat white guys in suits the fat-faced white guys in suits right sitting up there 
and talking about the business side of it, but without ever touching on the actual content creators, the people that were getting their hands dirty, that was seeing what was moving traffic, what wasn't. It was more like, you know, partnerships with, you know, sports teams or arenas and things like that. And really it priced a lot of people out, like couldn't afford to go to that. I mean, thousand bucks to go, you know, sit at some sports business conference and, you know, be buried. Um, and that's when we we're like, hey, let's look at see if we can get some people together. We'll do it more in that vein of RaffleCon. But again, going back to you, Chris, I'm sure I brought it to you and you had some initial thoughts or concerns or like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. I mean, I like, I don't think my concerns were, I think if my concerns were shared among you, like, do we have enough stuff? Like, is there going to be enough here to, to warrant people paying even $50 for the day, forget $5,000. Right. Um, and I will say, you know, we kneecapped ourselves constantly because all of our decision making leading up into the first one and even successive ones were always community based. It was always about, I mean, the, the reason those those big $8,000, you know, whatever, like they had all the suits there is because those people bought their panel seats. And from the very outset, we were like, that is not allowed. And we would tell people, don't you dare send some suit and some executive who can't take somebody possibly swearing at them as part of their question. So I, I think, but that also, you know, that limited our ability in on some of like the, the sustainability things. And I still think that was a good trade in some ways, like um, in terms of it was focus on the culture versus focus on the cash. Um, but yeah, my, I think our, my initial concerns was really, was anyone going to show up? Still is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that's always that's always the thing. Yeah, there's always that like week and a half out where we would be like, oh man, I don't know. I really, tickets aren't looking, I'm not sure. What do we do? And then by the day of, it would always be the same thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was always too like, all right, this is the last time we're doing this. And then it was like, every next one was the best one that we ever did. Yeah, this is like, the last time we're doing it this way. Yeah. I think that was sort of like, we're not, we're not doing like this. This next time we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes we do that, sometimes we wouldn't. I mean, back then, really, the focus was, like you said, on the community and how do we get all these people together and what were some of our concerns? How do we make money? What platforms are we using to publish? You know, how do we get, I mean, right? Wasn't one of the uh, early panels, like, how do we get credentialed <laughs> as, as bloggers, right? It was very- Well, then you had like some people there, like Deadspin was there being like, don't get credentialed. You know what I mean? They got in that same bar, like, no, this is why we exist. We don't want your credentials. We like that, that- uh taint sort of like the water that you're in yeah um, i mean given that the the early audience and if you really look at it like so much of it was people th who themselves ran a sports blogger had some ambition to with a you know i, I always felt like it was what 65 70 percent that with like 30 percent people who just love those writers and like oh that'll be fun and so in that sense it was almost more of like a serious you know there was a certain like small business conference series, right? Where you were coming and you were getting this sort of education. We even talked at one point of sort of breaking it out where that could be like a masterclass track because right. at the time these were all aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, the sports ecosystem itself was, you know, like at one point I think ESPN jumped in and, and gave us dollars, but a lot of the people who subsidized it, look at where they are now, right? Yeah. Like you got people like Bleacher Report. I mean, the big one, like remember, I think they were still called football fanatics when they came to us and offered us a check. And then like, you know, now this is a multi-billion dollar company, but in the early days it was God bless Wade Tonkin, who was just coming looking for some blogger affiliates, right, yeah. you know, and they, they really helped carry us through. So 
but you think back, I mean, these were, these were early startups and the sports startup space. This had, we always talked about it kind of lagged behind. So it was this weird sort of, it was like an Etsy community more than like something, you know, what it looks like. Yeah. That's that's a good, that's a great way of saying it, but there was also a sense of celebrity, you know, even then it was like super small, but there was a sense of, Ooh, I could like hang out with Captain Caveman, you know, (laughs) like all of these anonymous people at the time. Um, and we probably are like, there's no real green room, right? So you're, so this isn't one of these things where the people who are talking don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that mattered. Um, and and, and they, had lived behind that, they had lived behind that veil of online, right? So they didn't necessarily get to connect with their audiences. The yeah. Same so there was something really interesting where you actually got to talk to the people who you may have admired or um, had a disagreement with even, or whatever. But that was, I think, one of the coolest aspects was that nobody in here is better than anybody else. And the people we brought in to talk didn't think that either, right? So it wasn't us just saying that. It was, no, that was real. Uh, everybody is has like a, you know, the same sense of dignity and, and respect and, and it could be fun and people could massively disagree. And that was also great. Uh, because yeah. the other part of that was like, please do not come with a bunch of people with the same opinion. Come here, <laughs> have your point of view and and defend it. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite first panels, I don't even remember the content of it, but the, the composition of it was, you know, we had Yard Barker. We had, you know, Bleacher Report. I think we had Chris Russo, who was, you know, just about to buy the big lead, right, through, I think, that connection there. Um, and then, you know, you know yahoo right we had the yahoo guys but then like you know i remember adam Bess was just still like new to the game and to this day adam's always like you know you put fan sided up there next to sb nation right i'm sitting up there next to jim bankoff and i i probably had no business being up there but i was and everything was equal and, and that was always by design you know to be just like that because that's really what the internet was when we, when we were doing that right it was it was a massive networking event and without that's us, without us trying to make it one. <laughs> right. And, and I really think that's what it become. I always say it's, yeah. it's almost like a, a reunion or, you know, like, you yeah, know, fraternity. Jobs out of it. Yeah. I yeah. still get that. I mean, we, we did a Super Bowl party in, um, in Miami, the last, you know, the, probably the last hurrah, which was going to kick off our, you know, all these things yeah. that we could do in 2020. But, um, you know, Pat Wickstead came up to me and, and said, Hey, yeah, we were pitching this thing, and guess who I'm pitching to? I'm pitching to Pete Flastelica, and guess what, Pete? I said, "Hey, Pete, remember we were on that panel together in Vegas in you know 2009?" You know, I, I hear stories like that all the time. Um, you know, guys just forever, like, yeah, I met so and so, somebody, uh, John Wise, uh, who was doing a blog where he's traveling around the country, going to different college football games. I remember calling me one day probably about a year or two ago and said, Hey, put on ESPN radio. Sarah Spain just said, Hey, her first real thing into sports writing is when she met all these people at, you know, at blogs with balls, like actually said blogs with balls on SP on ESPN radio, like, like a year or two ago, you know? So, you know, I, I think we've always kind of held on to that and, and tried to grow from it, but, you know, going back to that community. And like you said, we kind of handicapped ourselves in some capacities because, you know, we were less, focus on the business of it for ourselves, right? We're trying to help everybody else get business out of it. And we were never able to really focus on like us really driving a, a bigger, I think more mainstream, you know, uh, connection from it. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, what happens when everybody's doing it on the side and for fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you, you had a lot of the, you know, people who were coming to get, it was, 
It reminds me from the days I was going to South by Southwest in the like early mid 2000s where a lot of it was just sort of this group of people who were ahead of the curve and coming together at the right time. And you'd have all these people who then went on, they were early on in whatever, you know, emerging technologies were coming, right? And so you'd have these little gatherings of people who at the time it was this nerdy, I remember like people using Foursquare mostly over texting and like, oh yeah, we're going to do these gatherings around. And you, now you look at some of those people and they're like, oh yeah, they're the mobile lead at Instagram. They're like, they were just at the time they were fascinated by the new, the potential, they saw the potential of the new thing. And then lo and behold, they, they took that and used that technology. And in this case to drive, you know, what, what a lot of it was, was personal branding. So Sarah Spain, yep. amazing example of somebody who, you know, was there ahead of the curve and certainly, you know, drove her own success, but, but at the same time, just part of that community, right? Jamel Hill, the ultimate example, probably in terms of somebody who knew that there was this huge, had, had broken through as a journalist, but saw that potential in building her own identity, her own voice, her own brand that now has propelled her to huge success. And so I think it was just, it was a community of people who were very poised, very, very much ready for what was about to come next, right? And, and and talk about the community. The reason we got hooked up with Jamel was through Lang Whitaker, right? And Lang made an introduction to her, like, hey, I think you guys would really hit it off. And Lang was just kind of in our community. We were looking for somebody at Slam, right? He was, you know, driving the driving force really online there and, and made that connection to us. And then, you know, I remember Jamel and Michael Smith came up to uh, Toronto with us and right. Um, you know, a couple of years later, speaking of South by Southwest, we were at, I know Chris and I were there. I don't know if Kyle was with us at the time, but we were watching, you know, his and hers live podcast at South by Southwest. And somebody mm -hmm. said, how, how did you start doing this? And Jamil actually pointed at us. You see those two guys over there, they have this thing called blogs of balls in Toronto. Okay. And I told Mike, yo, you got to come up and you got to do this with me. Right. I've done one, one of them with them before. You got to check it out blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she pointed on that panel to the fact that she saw what the basketball Jones was doing. When she went up to Toronto, they were at the score then before they, um, you know, jumped down to the States and saw that they were just grinding and doing this every day and really building their own brand from it, which led to, you know, the starters on, you know, on, on NBA TV. And, you know, Jamel went back to Michael and was like, look, if ESPN isn't going to let us do this, what's stopping us from doing this ourselves? And it just snowballed from there. And, you know, I don't want to just like pinpoint her, but, you know, that always kind of stuck with me where that, you know, one thing leads to another leads to another. So, you know, it, it went, started with Lang and then it led to Jamel and then it led to Michael and then, you know, them just telling about how this thing is always built. And, you know, she's been, just a great advocate and, and friend of ours, you know, from the beginning. And, and yeah, I mean, I think she's a prime example of that. Yeah. There's something in there. You mentioned, uh, I don't know what to call them. TVJ starters, no dunk. Like what, <laughs> what are you referring to these guys? Um, but there's something about it where I think we, as a group, the three of us made some sort of unconscious decision that our role in this is to be, advocates and like cheerleaders for whether it's like and a lot of cons and a lot of times or writers or in the in the background too like yeah yeah, know, yeah 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 it's not even um, out there cheerleading you know publicly it was more like how do we connect no, that no, let everybody else like, be how the do stars. we create how do we create environments where these people can succeed how do we because we'd look at you know you can look at nba coverage and you're like 
there's stock NBA coverage, and then there's what these guys are doing. Like, like obviously, we, we want, like, how do we give these guys air and oxygen? Um, and I think that is, I don't know, that is, like, to me, what defines the whole thing, is that there is, we're, we we are, and I, I think as individuals and as kind of a, 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 a team, really interested in giving new faces and viewpoints a disproportionate stage, right? Like you even said with Adam, like putting Adam up there with those other, like give new, give people opportunities to, to step into some really bigger spaces and like know that they deserve it anyway. Uh, and so they're gonna be able to hold their own. Yeah, I, you know, I also think you have to remember back and you know, obviously, again, like oh, so many of the, so much of the success and things that went on had to do with the, a lot of the people and a lot of the entrepreneurs that started companies. But, but it, blogging was in and of itself; it was such a pejorative term in the context, especially I think in the context yeah. of sports. Whereas, oh yeah, they're just a blogger, right? I mean, that was literally like that would sort of be, I mean, a great way to dismiss people. I mean, that went on for years, right? Blog, <laughs> it's it's, all, it's almost like podcasting is now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I gotta yeah. you gotta be on my podcast, like yeah. you know. Yeah. And, working and, on the other side, people looking to to get access because they're a podcaster. It's like, yeah. and, and I try not to roll my eyes because, yeah, like you said, Kyle, that was that was blogging back then. Everybody, and, anybody could do it. And I think in that sense, you sort of look at it. And I don't even, I mean, I don't know that we were again consciously doing this so much, maybe a little bit, but like it was sort of taking this pejorative, this kind of negative thing, and being like, "Cool, we'll own it. Like, get fine. Like, call us that. Like, we're we're you know sort of proud of it." And you, you know, to me, that's the the nice part is all the people that saw what the opportunity was said i don't care if people are going to be critical of this it's giving me a voice and used it and and took it and took it to success but yeah i think that was part of the community and how how quickly it bonded was we were all sort of the the ones that got made fun of right we were all somewhat ridiculed or or you know thought less of we were we were given the little like blog corner even if we were writing things that got in many cases a lot more views than the credentialed 30-year writer and and so it was uh, you know just it felt like such a small and tight-knit community from the start who were all, like you said, sort of built around how do we help each other, how high tide lifts all boats. Yeah. But then there'd be like two, 300 people in the room and you'd have like larger established brands, ESPN be like, hmm, something, there is something here. We don't like it, but it's true. And yeah, yeah. It felt, I mean, it's in the same way that I think, and maybe this is where we missed our opportunity, or maybe we were just the catalyst that led to a lot of other opportunities for others. But in the same way that a lot of companies, traditional companies will acquire somebody to get younger to go, oh, yeah, we're going to, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think we were sort of giving them that, hey, you, you need to be investing in this space, whether you're investing in the writers, whether you're a Turner and you're going to buy Bleacher Report for a lot of money, whether, you're, you know, all the different things that Fox and Yard Barker. But I think we were sort of, I'd be curious to talk to some of those executives about how many of them may have come and used us as a sort of scouting opportunity um, oh. to figure out which purchase to make. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, even, you know, going back to a guy like Lang, I mean, one of our first sponsors was GQ. Right. And th why was GQ there? Why was GQ doing the very first one that we did sight unseen coming to do our event? Well, they were moving off of style.com to have GQ.com and wanted to go beyond fashion to this more men's general mm -hmm. interest. The reason that they were there was to look for for talent and, you know, a lot 
lot of those guys in that space, you know, guys like Majory and and Lang and you know uh Shoals, right? Wasn't Shoals working for um oh, for yeah. GQ, right? Those yeah. were guys that were kind of in this ecosystem. So it was very much, I, I think, right from the beginning, a, a scouting opportunity for these guys. I mean, you can see on this thing behind me, I mean, real clear sports, right? SI.com, GQ. Right. Those are, you know, Guinness right below that. I mean, those are big names. Like what were they doing there? They just kind of dipped their toe in the water. And then like, Chris, I think you said they might've had a revelation like, Oh crap, something is going on here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. let's just kind of go along for the ride and see, you know, see what we can pick off from there. Mm-hmm. You know, that second one that we did out in Vegas was a lot more corporate. Um, you know, we work with, different groups and different communities that were trying to absorb us. I mean, a couple of times people had approached us about, you know, just kind of, um, you know, selling out really. And I think the argument that we always had was like, we just can't hand off what we've made because, you know, it's, it's not so much a product as much as personality driven. Yeah. And I mean, we made the decision to do that way too fast because <laughs> we could have, we could have just done it on our own oh, yeah, better differently. And all the good things would have stayed there and all like the hard things wouldn't have. You're talking uh, about Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, that was it seemed it seemed obvious, like an obvious yes. And then because oh something big is paying attention and we were and we're gonna work with them. They're like now, if I look at that now, I'd be like, this is a bad idea. Don't do that. Look at what you've done. You don't need anybody. But uh, well, it was also it was yeah, it was within such a corporate setting, right? And it just it, there was something. Yeah, but then again, Vegas is a draw, so we got to have people like Jalen Rose involved. Which oh yeah, I'm just saying we should have yeah. just gone to Vegas and done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we had, yeah, all well, we got like a room for free, and that actually turns out in Vegas is pretty easy to get. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back. How do we get? How do we get Jalen Rose? Do you remember? I have no idea. Gary Gary V. He was working with Gary V. <sighs> how do we get Gary V? Gary V. I don't know somehow heard of us <laughs> like, yeah he, yeah i was curious how we how i was trying to go back i couldn't find the emails about like how we decided on him for new york for that very first one so yeah so gary v was the very first bwb uh like yeah, yeah. and i can't speaker. remember and he came out and he punched everyone in the mouth it was great <laughs> well half the people are like why is this wine guy right involved here what what do we got to listen to him and like some people just totally dismissed him and then other people were like oh i get it like i don't I think anybody him. dismissed it i mean no i got a little bit beforehand i definitely got yeah, yeah. I, I mean he got five minutes in and you're like oh crap he's gonna own us all like there is like <laughs> there is a, a very real sense of oh because i think i think game recognizes game where he cared about sports sports writing i mean and you know like i'll be the first to admit like sports to me at the time was something i really enjoyed and so like that changed over time but i think there's something about this person cares so much about this thing i also care about it's like in such an undeniable way you couldn't dismiss him just because he was dealing with wine everybody there had a second job too and he's like this is what i'm about to do and i'm going to start this with aj and my brother we're going to do vayner sport like and to his credit, he did it, you know, um, and he fe- he found out how to figured out how to do this sort of like that hybrid content agency scenario, or I think he did. Uh, and I think there's something really cool, like that our very first keynote speaker was somebody who at in their own trajectory was also shedding something old to step into something new. And like, I, I really, he was such a, 
I, I just keep forgetting, like, how did he come about? <laughs> Why was he there? <laughs> yeah, I think I had been connected to him somehow. And so as we were sort of going like, who can, who can hold the stage? Mm. And I think I remember telling you guys like, I get, yeah, yeah, no, he's a wine guy, but he's a diehard Jets fan. So like, and trust me, he's like, he's definitely entertaining, you know, and we sort of like got it through. I think at that point he was already doing like Conan gigs, you know, with the wine business. And, mm. but you know, as I think about him and these sort of common threads, cause obviously while he's making money in sports, he's built a much bigger brand. Like it was all part of that movement towards the, the like building of a, of a, hate the term but personal brand and building these sort of another authentic brands but it was it was people who were sharing more real passion than would typically come through in sports and so to use the ultimate and i'm going to just call him the original sports blogger even though i know he hates it bill simmons is the ultimate like guy who started just writing on his own and maybe blogger or you know blogspot didn't exist but he's writing a blog you know must read yeah it was must read you waited for his columns yeah and and he he always seemed to politely decline like he, he politely decline he, he didn't necessarily but he you know he, he definitely for some reason he blocked me on twitter i'm just gonna throw that out there because i always got i don't know what i did to him but you know I'm blocked but, but he you know but that he clearly it was one of the early you know hey sports writing can be about comparing the godfather to you know bill belichick and bringing in all of this different thing and it yeah you saw all the different ways that people did that how do i connect my story and my kind of narrative to what's happening and and you know it just was the start of something much bigger in, in culture for better in some cases for better or worse but i mean you know you can see the seeds of a lot of things that came after in that um and, and also think about some of the people who were who were in the space maybe didn't always come to us but like fire joe morgan was michael sure this dude is now like the office and you know parks and rec and you know like all all these great shit like the people who were playing in this sort of hey i can be a sports commentator on the side were Man, it was just this huge spread of different people who were wildly successful in different places. <laughs> so just to tell you where we're at in our lives, like my uh, my 12-year-old is really into the office right now. And so like, let me tell you about Moe's. I'm literally like the grandfather. <laughs> Come over here. Let me tell you a story about this. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he, Moe's was one of the original, original sports bloggers, if you will. Yeah. And it makes sense that he was like, God, this is so well written. And then you reveal, you're like, well, yeah, okay. This guy's like got several <laughs> Emmys for writing. This makes sense that he'd be a good sports blogger. Um, but, or, or Vegas, the other one I love from Vegas as we think about historical tie-ins is uh, what, what movie did ESPN pay us to screen in, in Vegas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, small, small Potatoes. Uh, what was it? Who ruined the... U- who ruined the USFL? Who... USFL. Um, a name we maybe don't need to utter but uh yes yes so that one was funny to me as I was thinking about the sort of uh, something Jeff Perlman had said or whatever and sort of coming full circle on a lot of different things yeah Perlman was a guy that was at our very first one and I think he was one of those guys too that was kind of reserved like what am I doing here again (laughs) like who are these people that you know these you know legit you know writers um you know kind of kind of moving through too and it, and every year i think the the tone changed a little bit right the, con- the as things evolved so did our conferences and i think we were very good at staying in front of that um but you know we did the one in uh, in chicago at, at wrigley field and i think one of the more memorable moments there was with um with jason mcintyre and spencer right and so now here's what we tried to you know, be respectful of everyone, et cetera. But then sometimes these personalities come together and 
frankly, you're left to defend yourself, like stick by with what you're doing and stand by what you're doing. Um, you know, Spencer also got iced. Remember when bros icing bros was a thing. Uh, in the meantime, we have a backdrop of, of PNG, Procter and Gamble. So this third yeah. one that we're doing, like we go from, you know, Yard Barker as our main sponsor to, to PNG as our main sponsor. Uh, in the meantime, you know, kind of like talk about cursing and things like that. Well, yeah, they're throwing, you know, throwing Smirnoff ices onto the stage and, you know, other people calling each other out for, you know, for their stories. And, and it was what that showed me though, was, you know, that particular incident, it's almost like self-policing and, yeah. and like I said, and having to stand by and establish some standards in, in what we were doing is that people are paying attention um, and you will be held accountable for what you're doing, what you're saying. And there was that shift from, the wild west right we're, we're doing this blog spot where did we get our images from it wasn't getty images right we're just mm. stealing them wherever we can steal them remember that thing red lasso where we could grab like audio and and tv video right like just ripping stuff off there putting that up there and it's funny i talk about like in my business now when people try to do that for clients and stuff like that i'm like we can't do that they're like nobody's gonna say anything i'm like yeah but there's like this liability thing and da, 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 da. um so it's again back to that evolution like it, it really started pro professionalizing what we were doing but also like the topics were changing and you know um there was still that bloggy undertone i mean we had guys like big cat there you know talking about barstool before that we had guys like aj we had an entire deadspin panel mm -hmm. um you know at bloomberg headquarters we were at bloomberg news headquarters the preeminent business outlet in the world and we got you know seven dead spinners you know up on stage and then kobayashi <laughs> chugging a gallon of milk i mean and then and then puppets if you remember <laughs> oh, god bless dan levy <laughs> yeah well, I mean, but you're leaving you're leaving out a big part of that which is that one was the one that was uh, in, uh sponsored in part by bullet oh yeah <laughs> so people were drinking manhattans from like mm, 11 a.m <laughs> 4 p.m. <laughs> add puppets and Kobe. And it was at Bloomberg. At Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Like that was like even weirder. Like there were people who just would like look at me and be like, I'm hammered and I'm in Bloomberg. Like what? <laughs> and that was the part. And we had after parties and we had pre parties and that hadn't even started yet before we got yeah. there. One of my favorite ones, we always had a, a, a good liquor sponsor, right? Guinness and Captain Morgan are, have been around. Guinness, you know, first one, really last one that we did. Um, but Ben Koo from Blogwin was uh, was in one of our Chicago shows, and he's in the bathroom. I'm like, Ben, you all right? Like, what's what's going on here? I'm like, you, you don't look too good. And he's like, oh, no, I don't know. I'm not really drinking. I just don't feel well. I've just been drinking those iced teas. What was like spiked iced teas that he didn't realize were spiked <laughs> iced teas that was Jeremiah Weed was was putting on. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the alcohol always played a, a little bit of a uh, a thing in there. Do you think we had like a, where was the tipping point? Do we have like a, a watershed moment where, you know, we, we kind of changed from bloggers to really um, journalists or producers or. Um, but the, the attendees and the general sort of tone of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Toronto was different because we had that theater, which was interesting. Yeah. That and felt like, like, and we yeah. went up on like the video content. We were like, we really actually like spent more time on uh, capturing the day versus like, come and get what you can get um i think each one kind of had its own like like holy shit a little bit i i think vegas in a lot of ways was the validation version because even though it wasn't my favorite in terms of the actual programming the 
parties were great in terms of like they were fun they were interesting they were done by spot like espn had like their entire like bar open remember like their entire like espn zone just for like they they created like these worlds of exclusivity for people who are not ever really invited into those worlds and that yeah. makes all the difference and it was such it's such an easy thing for large brand like even today like all you need to do is create like islands of exclusivity for people who are routinely ignored, overlooked, underserved, all that, and you will win lifetime loyalty. And it's, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I look at I look at Vegas for that, and then I'm trying to think. Um, well, Kyle, you brought up South by Southwest. I mean, yeah, that would be. What about what about when you know we we did a panel at South by Southwest? A guy that kind of has been. I would say the pre blogs of balls era at South by Southwest, what we did that year. And then the subsequent years after that, what, what did you see and, and how, you know, how were we a part of that? Oh yeah. Right. Cause we were, I think when we did that South by panel, there was maybe a handful of sports panels and it'd be like whatever early athlete investor would do a keynote and be, you know, it was, sports had a very minimal presence. And then, yeah, I, you know, I, I go back to what I was saying before with with the first one or first couple in terms of some of these sponsors, like that digital side of sports really started to grow up, you know, and, and for so long it had just been something that kind of by virtue of the nature of sport and media rights deals like it, it, sport had not moved online the same way that a lot of other other sort of Internet culture and Internet, you know, behavior had. And I think that was, so we were kind of at that moment where then you started to have a lot more of that. You had a lot more athletes who were going, oh yeah, I've got to, you know, go build my brand. And, you know, this is when like Shaq and some of the early guys were jumping into Twitter and getting really smart about how to build a fan base and engage audiences there. So it, it just, I think we were like Baron Davis, Shaq, exactly. Steve, Steve Nash, those like kind of tech mm -hmm. forward type athletes. Mm -hmm. that were and, and, and the, and the overall tech world, I mean, think back, that was whatever, 2009, 2010, I mean, you started to have, you know, the rapidly maturing tech business landscape, right? Like you should just, just look at all of the companies that sort of are in that early 2010s launch that are now behemoths. And so, you know, I think it was the right place, right time thing. South by obviously doubled down and went in, built a pretty significant sports track. And if you look at just even where that is today. It's a lot of, a lot of that athlete presence. It's leagues that are now really committed and hiring a lot of people to innovate and drive the product forward. So, you know, I think it was, I think South by, you know, there were those, Chris said it, those kind of key moments where things move forward. I think, you know, I think between South by Toronto, Bloomberg, it started to be more about the evolution of the industry. And I think by the time we got to the two last Chicago ones, I think it was, it was very, covering stories that matter it did feel much more journalistic right you've got sarah spain up there with chris and press having it you know, like a what was a real interview right and you at this point had you know the pardon my take guys doing an episode and like i mean it was so there was a lot of like content originating from there that was substantive that could well it, that particular one too i mean we had the females doing about misogyny in sports, right? Andrea Hanks and Julie DeCaro and yeah, they had just launched the the video like right before that. The, the video we had um, you know, Shadow League and uh starting five like Michael Tillery talking about race, um, you know, in sports as it pertained to Cam Newton. So yeah, it went from like, all right, are you on blogger or WordPress to all right, how are we covering, you know, black quarterbacks in the NFL? 
which, um, which probably uh, maps to a lot of the shifting role of politics and sport. Right. right. Well, well um, we, and, and then um, Sid interviewing Christina Carl um, right after um, Caitlyn Jenner's transition. Right. So, I mean, you want to talk about like heavy stuff, like we're still drinking, we're still partying, we're still laughing, but you know, it's also mixing in like really what's going on online. And I think that what kind of expedited that obviously was social media. When we first started, we had a blog, we had an email, right? Maybe we're on Twitter, Facebook, not really. Instagram wasn't even like a a blip on the radar uh, to the point now that you know, everyone has a microphone and I, you think, I mean, you want to talk about cancel culture, God, like you, you put this back to the first blogs of balls and think about some of the things and some of the things that people were doing back then. It's a, it's a, just a whole different world for better or for worse. But at the same time, I, I, I don't know. I look at in trying to be optimistic and kind of, you know, look at the, I think a lot of what I, I remember different moments along the way of, especially as, as things went on again, as, as the, that sort of political tension got greater that you'd have, we'd have these, we'd have different topics that were like, Ooh, is this going to get controversial? Is this going to get heated? And there'd be, you know, there'd be occasionally a question from the crowd that would, would go there. But a lot of what you saw was what you, what you hope for in society, which is like, if people just step into a room and, like look at each other as humans. And if that means have a drink and all, but like just shut up for a second and listen to what somebody has to say, chances are it's going to strip away a lot of that sort of, you know, that, that separation. Yeah, in 10 years, maybe we had two or three flare ups that that I can think of. Um, But it wasn't bad. I mean, it worked itself out. And I I think that's what you don't see. And I think that's part of the reason that why we did this is like, let's humanize this thing. Um, It's also that shared sort of all along. I mean, even now, there's still a against the establishment vibe and maybe that's part of it is that like wherever you sat on a political spectrum we were all sort of united in the fact that the status quo wasn't what any of us wanted and maybe there were there was each of us had different reasons of what we felt was missing but at least we were aligned that the product as it is packaged today wasn't was something we all wanted to change and so you know maybe that gave room to talk about some of the issues with guard down a little bit because we knew ultimately we all wanted one major goal was shared. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people, and I mean, everybody has a sense of, I I have a chip on my shoulder too, you know? So there, there's like everybody, well, not everybody, but there's a lot of people who would come to, to these shows and the reason they'd be there in part was like they wanted to like get up to the next level or meet the next, but like they felt blocked or, you know, overlooked or whatever or underappreciated. And... I think you can see that in another person, whether or not you agree with kind of where they're coming from. And at the same time, you like you've you understand and can respect their they're trying to get out of that, too. You know, so here, here's a big question. Like, are, are we still relevant in, you know, going into 2021? No. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Uh, you know, we can I, I think. We, as we've sort of talked about with some of the things we in in putting on the outside game, was that? just a year and a half ago feels about a year ago. And I was, about a year ago. Um, you know, the, everything continues to evolve and move, and and you know, we talked about it 
forever, you know, the, the joke of there was that stretch where the with balls part of the name was like, yeah, I don't love going in to look for a sponsorship from P and G with balls up there on the screen. Um, and then we joked that like it's over, over a period of time, blogs became the more dated feeling part of, of the name. And now it just all feels like something, you know, that wouldn't be okay today. But, you know, I think it was, I, I think you just, you look at what it's evolved to today and maybe it is coming full circle because if you ask me, Substack is just WordPress, but it sends emails. So, you know, ultimately maybe we are back to, and then podcasts are literally just audio blogs. Um, you know, maybe in certain ways we are back there, even if the terminology is different and there is more of, you know, writers who are actually in mass leaving and, and going, going to, you know, start their own publications, be able to go direct to consumer. So I'd say we're not, relevant but it might be a shorter leap to take what we were doing before and and bring it back than we felt like it was two or three years ago where all of this creator culture all of the sort of independent voices were lying to themselves they weren't independent they were in places like facebook and and instagram yeah. where their independence was only what mark zuckerberg and his algorithms deemed it to be so maybe we are getting to this place where that same spirit of rebellion that same sort of entrepreneurial spirit I don't know. Maybe, maybe should we call up Substack? They just raised a bunch of money. Could they maybe sponsor? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, what Kyle said is absolutely dead on. We are not relevant, uh, and and I will say in part because we are not of the community the way that they, we were before. I mean, right. we were also writers trying to write and do like there is a certain energy to that that can't be faked, uh, and. I think that's really valuable if you're going to try and start sort of a, a, a shift of a major shift of some kind, or you can bring in and be like, this is my credibility as to why, like, I deserve part of this conversation. Yeah. One of the now, we are like rele relevance adjacent. Right. <laughs> one of the shifts that we, tr we tried to make and, you know, keep being involved was, you know, with social media, I always saw there were really three um, or four, uh, different groups. And we always kind of touched on those groups, right? There's the athlete that has an equal voice of the fan or writer, right? And journalism. And then there's the business side to it too. So, you know, I think that our shift in the last big event that we did last September was, was great. Uh, the content itself um, was some of the strongest that we ever had, right? We're talking about CBD and sports. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about women again, which still hasn't, you know, resolved itself. Um, you know, Pac-Man Jones, you know, basically his panel was called I Fucked Up and just dropped some serious knowledge on everyone like in there. I mean, that was still probably one of my favorite things that I've seen. Um, but, you know, my, my wife came to the question, uh, question me like, who's your audience now like for these type of events because it was always those bloggers right you put 300 bloggers in a room and then you get these marketers that see 300 bloggers in a room and they want to be involved right and then these traditional more um you know mainstream outlets that are trying to do some of the creative stuff there's an interest but it was always based on that content producer and you know, now when we tried to put this together is, yeah, the content's really good, but like, who are we really catering this for, you know? And I don't think we've, we've answered that. I think it's still important to, uh, as you mentioned, give a podium to, you know, some of these voices and some of these conversations, but I kind of always go back to it too, is if you, and well, Kyle just said it, right. We were able to talk about these things in a room and have real conversations, not, you know, 160 character 
blurbs, you know, yelling at each other. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, her relevancy is, would you say, adjacent? Yeah, <laughs> Tangential. It, it, there's opportunity there and it doesn't need to be us, you know, it could be somebody else. Um, I do think Kyle is right in terms of the the spirit and sort of the way things have been coming back around. There is still like two middle fingers up spirit. Like I'm doing something that's valuable on my own. And God knows the pandemic has accelerated that for a lot of people. So I think there there's there's going to be a, a need in some ways, but what networking or what meeting up in person looks like, I think is going to be different. Yeah. And, and the way you play in, you know, okay, newsletters, podcasts, I mean, these are extensions of things that existed when we were still doing this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think as you're, you're, you're getting into more and more places for creators to play. And so, you know, I, an example I just point to is, um, is the Twitch NFL stuff right now, where, you know, you're whatever, you know, streamer, and you can just go do your own play-by-play broadcast, right? Like we're getting to this place where there will be one rights holder who uses a platform to then enable hundreds or thousands of individual broadcasts who each get to, taking what we were doing with sports commentary and just bringing it into the live experience. You're gonna, so I think we're on like a, a, about to have the next wave of sort of sports creator entrepreneurship open up. Um, so if you're listening and you're part of that, and maybe want uh, like some old dudes to help you put on the the next yeah, hire us for programming, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. um, I mean, Don sees me pulling my hair out because we talked about this of let's get a bunch of athletes and create channels where they where you can just mute your TV and listen to these folks call the game. Because yeah. I don't want to hear Joe Buck, but I do want to hear, you know, ex-athlete, whoever, who can like see like, oh, what this, you know, what this nickel package is doing is da-da-da. And either, so you could get like a stats heavy one. You could get just some guy who's like telling on all of his friends. You could get, you know, like there's so many, like you could just like decide what you wanted. And now it's happening. It's like, ah, oh, we were talking about this 10 years ago. Right. Do, like, I, I will say at the time we were criticizing Joe Buck, he's come a long way. If he's, you know, I'm sure Joe Buck is listening. I'm a big fan <laughs> now, so now. <laughs> looking to replace him as much but back then 10 years ago different story yeah well kyle you know who twitch was previously right justin tv justin. Right? yeah it's blogs with balls three spots or justin tv oh, right so i like i like to think we launched you we know really should get- <laughs> we launched, right? fanatics <laughs> justin uh, twitch right these are all uh, but Sport uh, I mean, Radar is another one. Sport Radar was yeah. the uh, patron who's gone under. FanDuel was uh, present at uh, yep. BWB2 in Vegas. Very fitting. So, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of those uh, very successful people who came through there. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the thing that we have, and we talked about those common threads that, you know, have, have gone from 2009 uh, through present is, is really like the network in the community. And I think that's what we're going to use this platform for is to talk with people that have done it, that have rolled their, their sleeves up and, you know, built a career or a business or, you know, their own personal brand off of these things, or people on the other side that have, you know, hired these people that, that have uh, done such things. So, you know, really that's what the purpose is, not just to be a retrospect of the events themselves uh, and part of it is that I want to get other people's opinions because I don't think we've ever, you know, really uh, solidified, you know, what some other people have been thinking other than, you know, a random story here or there. We want to kind of, you know, 
see what they think, the stuff that we're talking about from somebody that was involved in it, but also like how they got from point A to point B, because, you know, a lot of these folks are, you know, are, are leaders in the industry in various capacities. I mean, Kyle and I, uh, you know, reconnected with, uh, with Matt Seebeck, um, you know, who, I mean, the stuff that he was doing just, you know, again, he's the one that got us into podcasting years yeah. ago. Right. And then I love some of the app stuff he's doing. I still use his rookies app, right. To make personal baseball cards. I do them for Christmas every year. I literally have Christmas cards. Um, I'm but now just got totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And now, and now he's like the CXO of, you know, one of the MLS teams. Um, but again, I mean, he was, you know, back in the day doing the stuff that we were doing. And, and so cool. guys like that, that have, you know, it's not just these people that you see on TV or you hear on here on the radio or on, on their podcast. It's like these other people that have behind the scenes used their knowledge of the space to create businesses and careers. And, and you see, I mean, technically that's something that you've kind of seen across sport, right? Like who are all the guys running teams now? It's the like stats nerds, just like it was a bunch of us like blog nerds in a basement changing the media landscape. I mean, I think it's part of this just overall turnover in sport and kind of seeing all of that and just, a, you know, how that extended community formed around it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to sort of hear from a lot of these other people we haven't caught up with for a long time or from yeah. you. Yeah. So the idea is supposed to be speakers, but I think we got to have Andrew Buckholtz on at some point. It was going to be oh, our unof- unofficial historian. Official. We'll make it official. He's going to be our official historian because he would put these things together for like awful announcing in his own website to just re- We didn't have to recap anything. We just Yeah, it was way better than anything we were going to do. <laughs> I know. God. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for, for the trip down memory lane. Let's keep doing it. Um, Chris, I don't know if you'd like to join us in, in future ones, but you're Yeah, anytime. You're this welcome. is fun. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, like I you like. guys. This is great. <laughs> yeah, you know, Kyle was joking around. It's like, yeah, part of it, yeah, let's just keep doing it. We'll keep being in community. But part, part of it too is like, let's take some credit for some of this stuff. And I I'd like to hear other people maybe give it to us. But <laughs> but but I think as we discussed, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I feel like we were on the forefront of or at least recognize enough to give other people a platform yeah. to help push that over. And and um, you know, it's really been something and I appreciate you know, everyone really has been involved with us for all this time. Yeah, I think it, it's it's fun to look back. It's fun to, you know, and, and credit. But I mean, it's fun to just celebrate how many people did come through there that have been so successful, have gone on and done so much. And, and you know, it'll be great to hear from some of them of kind of those steps along the way. I didn't even know some of those moments where Sarah and Jamel were giving us shouts. So, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, again, <laughs> so much of it is just these like right place, right time, like meeting of people who then, you know, all, all so many went on to do interesting things and, and at a really interesting time in sport. And Lord knows a time when I don't mind talking to some more people in, in my little. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to get relevant again. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> till next time. Television's earned ratings like <laughs> white dudes trying to get relevant again. Yeah, That's here we go. Here we go. Show of the year. <laughs> awesome well i am Don, chris and kyle we uh we are the ogs i guess uh, yeah outside game we are the uh the old heads here as my gray hairs would indicate but uh yeah until next week guys thanks let's do it again i'm good happy thanksgiving everybody happy thanksgiving